that music out. John chapter 14. This is where we left off on Sunday. Um, actually, this is going to kind of be my staple verse for this season. Well, unless the Lord leads me otherwise. But right now, this is what's on my heart. John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. John 14, 15 and 16. You can go help him if you want. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then the Amplified, it says this, and I will ask the Father, verse 16 of John, of the 14th chapter of John, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit is a gift. He's a gift. He is a gift. As I said on Sunday, the Holy Spirit is a he. It's not an it. I was joking with the uh, youth last night. Now, I'm not going to sing for y'all, but last night, did y'all get to hear it? Were you here for that part? Uh, Man, listen. I'm not going to sing for y'all, but uh, I love Holy Ghost two-beat music. Like, I, I do. I know we don't do it a lot here, uh, but as we get uh, these, the, the band guys up, up to speed, we're going to do, do some shout music every once in a while. That's what they call it. But uh, there, there's, a, there's a shout song, shouting song, that um, goes like this. It's, uh, it says, uh, you know, I got it. I got it in my hands. I got it in my feet. You know what I'm talking about? I see you smile, Miss Cambria, right? And it says, you know, something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it. That's how the song goes. The problem I have with that song is the Holy Spirit's not an it. And so if we ever sing it or if you ever listen in on Florence, they'll try to change the, 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 the words, you know, say, I got him. Because the Holy Spirit is a him. Now, uh, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God is a gentleman. You know, God doesn't, think about this, God does not force anybody to get saved. God doesn't force, he wants a choice. When he gave, when he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and I could go totally deep on this, but just, just think about this concept just simply. The, the reason that there was a, uh, uh, why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? Because he wanted man to have a choice. He wanted man to have a choice. Man and woman, to have a choice. Choose me, or if you want the other, then you can choose that. But he wanted the choice there. And so we have a choice. God gives us a choice. You can choose him. In Deuteronomy, it says, I therefore put before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life. Everybody say, choose life. You and I get to choose every day whether we're going to choose life or not, whether we're going to choose God or not. So he says here, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Then in the translation we looked at on Sunday, it broke it down. I'm going to read off all seven aspects of this word. As I said on Sunday, you're going to hear me say this word a lot. You'll be a Bible scholar by the end of this season, amen? This is a Greek word, paraclete. Everybody say paraclete. All right, the word paraclete means this. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Hey, I think that the the bus on the right side, the band bus on the right side of the board is muted. I only hear them in the monitor. There it is. You sounded good. I just couldn't hear. I was like, I could only hear you when I'd walk right here and I'd walk over here and I'm like, I don't hear him. He was only in this speaker. So good job. All right, cool. We got it. All right, everybody say these with me. Say comforter. Say counselor. Say helper. Say intercessor. 
Say advocate. Say strengthener. Say standby. This is John 14. You see it on the screen there, verse 16. Now, I, I want to unpack over these next few weeks. Um, it's going to be several weeks that we're on this because we're leading up to Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is May 28th. Now, I want to unpack all of these different aspects of the Holy Spirit. That, that's my goal. Now, I'm going to do it as he leads me. So if I don't cover one as much as the others or whatever, um, I'm trusting the Holy Ghost to lead me. I don't have all six weeks or whatever it's going to be planned out. I don't, I don't do that. I, I fill myself up with, with, with uh, my own personal study and then with preparing. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. And uh, I think that's mainly talking to ministers. So uh, that's what I do. And out of that overflow is what I preach. But my goal, my intention is to unpack these. Tonight I want to talk about how he helps us when we pray. Which is interesting because that's a big function um, of the Holy Spirit. Is to help us when we pray. Now that's not the only way he helps us. It's not the only uh, power that's available to us. But the Bible says that the fervent effective prayers of righteous men and women make much power available to you everybody say power power becomes available and i want you to think about this when jesus was standing in acts chapter one he was telling them he said john the baptist baptized you with water but in a few days you'll be baptized with the holy ghost and with fire and he said i want you to stay in jerusalem until you're endued with power everybody say that word again say power here's what's important for you to know that the power that became available on the day of pentecost over two thousand years ago is still available today can you say amen it's not it doesn't you know become available let me let me make sure i word this correctly it doesn't get generated that might be a better word. The power doesn't get generated when you pray. It's already been generated, and it's already been given. It's already been supplied. In this building right now, there's power. There's electricity running through every single outlet in this building. The breaker panel's right there. If you were to open that door, it says electrical on the door because that's what it is. Inside there, there are two breaker panels. The breaker panels are all flipped to on. That means that in this building, all the power runs through that room, through those breaker panels, and then is dispersed throughout the building. And because every breaker panel is flipped to on, every single one of these outlets has power. Now, you will not get that power until you jack something into it, until you put a plug into. Now, all of this stuff that's running power right now is accessing that power because it's plugged in. Everybody say plugged in. Your power, one of the things that happens when you pray is the power that's already been generated and that's available to you becomes available. That's what the Bible tells us, that uh, uh, power becomes available dynamic in its working. Dynamic, so dynamic power becomes available. But how, how does that actually work? Because that sounds real good. Okay, pastor, got it. Power. I, but what do you do with the power? And, and what is the power for? You know, it's pretty easy to see there's a light that's, that's hitting me right now. That, that, that light is plugged into that wall right there. And I can clearly see what the function is. Now I'm blind because I just stared at it. So I'm just seeing white dots right now. Praise the Lord. I'm, literally, I can't even see any of y'all. I just If I look at your face, I just see white dots. That was not the smartest move. Next time I look at a light, I got to look like above it or below it. But that's what happens, right? We have power. So how does the power... I, I could tell the function of the light 
or the lighting tree because it, it's, it's clear to me. But what is, what is the purpose of us having power? Well, think about in the Old Testament, what did they do? They, they needed direction for everything. They, needed, they, they would have to go to a priest or a prophet to get any direction from the Lord. You know, when, um, um, uh, I believe it's the Shunammite woman, right? Or, or there, there was different women, right? They would go to these prophets, like when they wanted to have a kid or they wanted to have, and they would have to go. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them to get that kind of direction, right? The only ones that, that would, that would uh, have that were the kings, prophets, and priests, if they were anointed in that way. You and I can get direction from the Lord at any time. That, that's what I mean by power. Sometimes the power comes in form of just guidance. Just guidance. Just the Lord guiding me where I'm going. Sometimes it comes in, in, in the form of gifts, which I'm going to cover later in, in the series, in, uh, in the season. 1 Corinthians 12 covers the nine gifts of the Spirit. We'll get to that. But I want you to look at Romans 8. Um, we're going to also look at Ephesians 6, but somewhere in my notes, yeah. Now, Romans 8's real, like, it's a verse I quote, or, or, or a chapter that I reference a lot. You might not realize it, but it it's all kind of flows together. In Romans 8, in verse 14, it's where it says, uh, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. Everybody say, I'm a child of God. Because you're a child of God, you're led by the Spirit. Then in verse 16, right it says that he himself everybody say he himself look at that look at that on the screen the spirit himself see the, the spirit the holy spirit is a he it's a him it's a himself he testifies together with our own spirit assuring us that we are children of god the uh king james the new king james says that he bears witness he bears witness now, I, I would say the modern vernacular version of that would be to say that he's connected to our spirit. Now, you are a spirit, but the Holy Spirit resides there in your spirit. He's not in your mind. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is not in your mind. Now, he, will, uh, um, uh, he can affect your mind, but you know what the best way to, to, to help your mind? If your mind is troubled, you know what the best way is? the word the bible says you renew your mind with the washing of the word of god just just like you take your dirty nasty clothes and you put them in the washer you put them in there what it what happens if you put them in there and you don't have the water hooked up to the washer it's going to spin around for 45 minutes amen and still come out very dirty you can even put the the dish or the not dishwasher the you can tell I don't do clothes. Uh, you, what, 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 what detergent? Laundry detergent. Thank you, Ms. Carmen. Mm-hmm. Praise God. You put that, uh, that laundry detergent in there, and uh, if there's still no water, it's going to spin around, and it's just going to be very soapy clothes. But when you put the water in there, mixed with the detergent, it cleans them. So your mind gets renewed or cleansed or washed, the Bible says, by the Word of God. This is living and powerful, right? So what, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that He'll remind us, He'll call all things to our remembrance. Amen? So one of the things that happens, it'll even happen while you're praying sometimes. You'll be praying, uh, spending time with the Lord. One of the things that I want to hopefully get to later, just to, as a side note, you know, prayer is not just give me, give me, give me. Amen? 
Sometimes spending time with the Lord is your prayer time. Just, Lord, I've already asked you on Monday for such and such. Today, I'm going to just spend time with you. I'm going to set aside 30 minutes. I'm going to read your word. Then I'm going to set aside another 30 minutes. And I'm just, I'm just going to worship. I'm just going to, you know, I, I like to put on, like kind of like what Joshua's playing tonight, just a little piano music. There's tons of it on YouTube. You can just look up uh, uh, worship instrumental or something like that. Um, spontaneous instrumental worship, something like that. And, and there's like literally two, three-hour videos. And they'll just play music like that. Holy Ghost music, just let it play. And I'll just spend time with the Lord. No agenda. I'm not asking him for anything. I'm waiting on him to speak to me. Amen? And, uh, you know, a, a lot of times we ask God for direction and don't give any space for him to speak. We don't give time. Any, I mean, but if he's going to speak to us, he will. What will he speak? Sometimes he'll remind you of the word. When I, I, Listen, when the Holy Spirit reminds you of a scripture, like it might be something I preached, you know, six months ago, and you're like, man, that was good. And, you, and, you, and it helped you for like a month. And then now you're kind of back where you were before that word. And the Holy Spirit will remind you, see, you need to get back to that point. Well, you pull that scripture back out and you say, you know what? I need to keep confessing this over my life. Like maybe the scripture that says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's scripture. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, if you're, if you're feeling low, you might just spend some time with the Lord, spend some time in prayer, and then the Holy Ghost will speak to your heart and remind you of that scripture. Now, here's what's important. I want you to see how this works. Because the Lord will help you with that, but you still have a part to play. You still have to take that scripture and apply it to your life. Can you say amen? You have to apply it to your life. So you have to say, okay, that's, that's, that's great. I... I I have a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. But you have to do a few things with that. Number one, you have to believe it. Everybody say believe. Then you have to confess it. You have to confess it. You have to actually apply it to your life. Then you have to walk it out. Now, here's what that looks like. By the way, none of this was in my notes. This is just rolling out of my heart. I hope this helps you. Maybe, you, you, listen, you, you know, you need sometimes the practical side of stuff. Like, what do I actually do with the good word I received on Sunday? This is what you do. Okay, I believed it on Sunday. I, I confessed it, but you need to keep confessing it. Then number three, you have to combat everything in your life that, that doesn't coincide with that or that contradicts that. So if, if you have uh, some colloquial phrases you picked up from your grandma, like, I'm as dumb as a bat, and you say that all the time, I'm just as dumb as a bat. I'm, as, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody, I've heard anybody in this room say that. So hopefully that's not a word of knowledge. If it is, then receive it. Um, right? And you make, you make phrases, whatever it is. Y'all, y'all get the point. Some sort of phrase, some sort of something that you say. Well, that completely contradicts what the word of God says. So you have to let the word, think about what I'm saying, wash that crud out of your life. The same way your clothes get washed, you have to let that wash. So what will happen is, is now there's like this, this, that thing that you keep saying or doing. Maybe it's something that, maybe it's not something that you say, it's something that you do. Like, uh, 
I, I have spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Love. But maybe you have actions that aren't loving. You have things that you do that aren't loving. I, I, I need to work on showing love to people. Maybe that's, that's the issue. All right, so you have an action. What happens is you start to realize, okay, that's a part of my flesh that's doing the action. Amen? So my spirit now, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is helping me realize I need to work on showing love. I need to work on my, my, my love walk. And so God will deal with you about that, but you have to walk it out. So, so, all right, I believe it. Now I need to confess it, and then I need to combat that thing. Now, how do you continue to do that? One of the ways you do that is don't beat yourself up. You know, I'm thinking about what the Lord already put in my heart when I stepped on the stage. Don't condemn yourself. Convict your, like let the Holy Spirit convict you, sure, but don't condemn yourself. Like if you, if you are, maybe you grew up in a household that you, you're kind of, you do things that are hateful. But on the inside, you're not a hateful person. All right? Fair enough? On the inside, but on the outside, your flesh, amen? You're, you're, you're coming across like a jerk. Like a you-know-what hole. I was going to say but. Why are y'all thinking of the other word? just kidding but you 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 do these things and you're like okay all right let me let me let me help you out the bible says that until christ is formed in you see there's a christ that forms in you that then shows up on the outside you your your flesh has to be put under and you put it under by allowing the gift of the holy spirit to work on the inside and continue to work everybody say continue there's a continuation of work that the Holy Spirit does. Amen? So uh, let me finish reading the scripture so we can get through this. Romans 8. All right. How does he help us? For we do not know. Uh, so down in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. The Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Uh, your translation might say something about infirmities. It's not talking about sickness like like the way you would think of a typical infirmity, that word there has different connotations. And so here it's translated weaknesses. That's probably a better word. It's areas of your life that you need to function better in, like what I'm talking about. And one of the ways he helps us is in our prayer life. Look at this. For we do not know what we should pray for as we should, as we ought. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, there it goes again, himself, him, he, the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, keep your thumb there, but I'm going to read one more scripture that goes with this. Because Paul, talking about the same topic uh, of, of Spirit intercession, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says this. Now, notice in Romans 8, he was talking about prayer. Everybody say prayer. In 1 Corinthians 14... Verse 14, he says, For if I pray, 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 if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding or with my mind. 
I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding or with my mind. Okay, go back to me if you can uh, for the screens, Romans 8, 26. So what do we understand then? When he says that the Spirit will help with intercession, I want to explain something to you. Intercession is like this. When, when you're standing in the gap for some, someone else. So you can intercede in prayer for somebody else. You can intercede in prayer for our nation. You can do all that. The Bible talks about all that. I don't have time tonight. But I want you to understand what it means for the Holy Spirit to intercede for you. Because I don't think anybody thinks this way. But you could go really far with this. You could think, well, if the Holy Spirit's praying for me, then why do I need to pray? Notice how Paul worded that in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Not the Holy Spirit, my spirit prays. I got a question on Sunday that I thought was a good question. They said, you know, like when, the, when I'm praying in the spirit or I'm praying in tongues, what, like, like uh, can I just do that at any time? Like if the Holy Spirit's doing it, and I had to help them understand, the Holy Spirit is, is giving you, he downloads it in your spirit. That, that's a, a prayer language that's in your spirit. But you can't pray, or the Holy Spirit can't pray for you. He can't pray for you. He makes intercession for you with groanings. Who does the groaning? You do. Right? So it's available to you. It's available to you, but you have to do it. You have to do it. Let me give you some... Paul's thinking about prayer for a second. Let me give you some other thoughts that'll help you. Because this transcends to every aspect of your life. Ready? Salvation. Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit drop down and get somebody saved? Never. Now, will he lead somebody to go? Look at what happened with uh, Paul. Paul gets knocked off his horse. The Holy Spirit, uh, um, or or the Spirit of God shows up and says, Hey, uh, you've been persecuting Christians. Now I need you to serve me. He says, okay, now I believe in Jesus. He goes to the city. He's fasting and praying. And the Holy Spirit gives a vision to a, 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 a young man. And he says, go to the street called Straight. And there's a man there named Paul. And you need to go pray for him. And he was scared. Because he knew that Paul was persecuting Christians. And the Lord said, don't worry, you'll be all right. Well, that's, why didn't God just go do it himself? Why didn't the Holy Spirit just go do it himself? He needed that young man to go and do it. Then, think about that. That man go and went and prayed, got him saved, got him healed, got his eyesight back. Paul, talking about Paul. Then Paul goes and just gets like the whole countryside saved. Because one man listened to the Holy Spirit. Now, he, God uses us. That's the whole thing. That's what this is all about. Is that, is that I have a relationship with God, not just for me. Not just for me. It's for me, but it's also so that through me, I can help somebody else. That I can extend God's kingdom in some way, shape, or form. Amen? Amen? All right, so how does he help us? When I need to pray for somebody, I might not know how to pray. In Ephesians 6, which I don't have time to read because I've already... I'm already over. But in Ephesians 6, it says this. Praying, in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end. He's saying praying with all types of prayer. All types of prayer. Then in 1 Timothy 2, he says, I, exert, I exhort you, brethren, 
that all supplication, prayers, and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Everybody say all men. In another place, actually it was in Ephesians 6. I didn't read to it, get all the way there. He says to pray for all the saints. Now, how can you pray for all the saints? How can you, how, y'all don't even know everybody in this church. Like we don't do like, remember the old churches they would, they would have the, um, they'd print off the, the database or whatever. Um, they'd have the book with everybody's names and all that stuff. Well, you can't do that anymore because of HIPAA violent. Like that, that's a HIPAA, huh? Registry, yeah, like a, a directory or whatever, church directory. You can't do that anymore because of, it's a HIPAA violation. It's a, it, if y'all give us, if, yeah, it's true. If you give us like to the church, that's why we don't give out phone numbers at the church. Like if you call me and you say, Pastor, um, I need so-and-so's number, I cannot legally give it to you. Now I can, I can call them and say, hey, Johnny's looking for you and he would like your number. Can you, and they, then y'all can work it out. But I, I can't give you their number. Anyways, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, even if you had a directory, you couldn't pray for everybody. Like you wouldn't, how would you know to pray? How would you know what they need prayer for? How would you know? Now the Bible, think about that. The Bible instructs us to pray for all the saints. That wasn't just the saints in Ephesus. That was all the saints. That means you and I should be praying for Zimbabwe and Europe and Switzerland and Africa in Florida, in Alaska, how, how can we do that? Well, Romans 8, the Holy Spirit, when we don't know how to pray for as we ought, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, some of you, when, when I do an altar call, because I'm, I'm, I'm to the point now where we're pretty much doing one every week. I mean, if I felt led you know, I'd have to feel led not to do one at this point. But you might feel something in your heart, almost like, like you almost feel lost. Like you don't feel, it's not that you're not saved. It's that you have a heart for those that are, that are, that are lost at that moment. That's called intercession. You feel to pray for them. That doesn't mean you have to come get saved every Sunday, amen? That means you should, in your seat, if you feel that, because I'm talking to, I mean, I'm looking around the room. Everybody, everybody here tonight, I've been coming for a while. I mean, this is, this is family tonight. So this is family talking. If you have that on, on a, whenever I do an altar call, Sunday, Wednesday, whenever, and you're like, you're like you know, I, 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 you almost feel lost. What, what's happening is, is you're taking on that burden. You need to pray for them. You need to pray for whoever, whoever uh, um, needs salvation. Pray for them. Because that that's why that that's part of the function of the holy spirit is to is to lead us and guide us and what is he leading us to salvation amen so um when you're praying you might you might know who you're praying for sometimes you might be praying praying in the spirit and then you actually will know i'm praying for such and such in the church or i'm praying for that family and you might feel led to pray for them when you feel that pray as much as you can in English but you might not know what to pray for that's why we have the ability to pray in tongues to pray in the spirit amen this is a a, a help to you it, it allows you to be able to pray for, how can you pray for nations how can you do that unless you have the Holy Spirit to help you when you when you're uh, praying amen um 
I'm in 1 Timothy. I'm in the wrong one. Here we go. Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart or hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And I'm going to end there tonight because I'm actually already out of town. The will of God. One of the major keys to praying in the Spirit is that you're going to pray in accordance to the will of God, the perfect will of God. If you go on and read Romans, there's a part where he says, uh, be being filled with the Spirit. You ever heard me quote that? It says, don't be drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be being, or, or a more modern wording would be, be constantly, be constantly filled with the Spirit. All right. He says that, if you're going to read the whole thing, the first question he asks before he tells them to be constantly filled with the Spirit, he says, how do you know what the will of the Lord is? Or do you want to know what the will of the Lord is? Uh, so one of the ways to know what the will of the Lord is, is to be filled with the Spirit because He's the one that's going to reveal it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to steal an analogy that I did with the youth last night. I'm going to do it on Sunday, and I think it'll help you understand how, you know, when, when God works... He works through the functions and systems that he's put in place. The church is a system. He's put it in place. Jesus had a function to come, set the church straight, turn religion on its head, because it was heading the wrong direction, and, and to die. Ultimately, his ultimate goal was to die for our sins, that his perfect blood was shed. Amen? And then his ultimate, or not ultimate function, but his his. Uh, a last function will be to come back and rapture the church. All right? But I want you to understand something. The Holy Spirit does not function outside of the church. He does not function. Like the Holy Spirit doesn't do things outside of the church. He helps the church. That's his function. God, the Father, has a function. He spoke the world into existence. He set everything in order. He, he's the end all be all. God, the Father. But he's also God, the Son. But that's a different function. Uh, let me help you. The Lord gave me an analogy today. I'll probably share this again on Sunday. But think about this. I'm preaching right now. Are you hearing my spirit? Or are you hearing my mouth? Well, it's coming out of my spirit. But you're hearing my mouth. I mean, my, my physical lips, tongue, teeth, mouth, my physical flesh is moving to preach. Amen? All right. Now... A lot of what you're hearing is, is, is in my head, but I'm not preaching out of my head most of the time. I've, gone, I've referenced my notes a few times, but a lot of what I've done tonight is out of my heart, right? But my mouth can't work. My mouth doesn't work due to my spirit. It works because my mind tells my mouth to work. So all three parts of me are functioning. Amen? All right? When I spend time with the Lord in the week, preparing for a sermon my spirit is built up the bible says that when i pray in jude 120 uh beloved uh building yourself up praying in the holy ghost my spirit is built up i'm talking about me personally for a second my spirit gets built up i'm doing that i pray i fast i do all that i do as the pastor of this church so that i can put my flesh under so that when i minister i'm not being led by my flesh i'm being led by the spirit amen 
All right? But at the same time, the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What part of me is that that's laying hands on the sick? My flesh. All right, I want you all to catch something. When I come as the pastor and minister to you, the church, I preach, lay hands on the sick, do everything I'm called to do. When I do that, it's all three parts of me functioning for one task. My mind got myself up, dressed me. I I don't come naked, praise the Lord. I have on clothes, right? But then my spirit is the part that's being led by the spirit to orchestrate the service, but my flesh is actually doing it. All three parts. Do you see that? The same way that all three parts of me are functioning to preach right now is the same way that God the Father sent the Son to to set everything in order so the Holy Spirit, all three, can come and He can function in us in a way He could not in the Old Testament. Do you see it? And so when, when you ask God to do something and he, he sends the Holy Spirit to remind you of a scripture, you can't ignore that. You, this is what we do. We say, God, why aren't you helping me? And he's like, I've been telling you for six months, every time that scripture comes up in your heart, you ignore it. You see, because you're ignoring the part, the function of God that was sent to help you. And you keep praying, well, the, the Lord never helps me with such and such. And the Lord never, and, and we feel that way because we're looking for some lightning strike or some burning bush. God doesn't, that was Old Testament. He doesn't function like that anymore because there's a new function of the Holy Spirit that lives and resides in each of us. And that's how God deals with us and helps us. So when you spend time in prayer, you lean on the Holy Spirit. That's why you don't pray in your flesh. Now, as I say that, you're like, well, wait a second, then how do I pray? Well, you pray, what I mean is, is <laughs> this is, this is, I, this is really deep. I hope, I hope I'm getting this out, Brother Mike. Your mouth is moving, but I'm praying in the Spirit. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, I'm my spirit, if I'm praying in tongues, because this is the question on Sunday. Okay, if I'm praying in tongues, is my mind praying or is my spirit praying? How do I know if I'm, they were confused. They were like, okay, if I'm making those syllables, is it me doing it or is it, is it the spirit? Well, if I go, now that was right out of my spirit. Because I'm like tanked up right now. I'm just like, blow, like just pow. I could, I could do that the whole time. But the Bible says I can't, I should preach in tongues because then no one can understand it. That's what the Bible instructs me to do. So I have to, I have to preach in English. All right. But that was not just babble. That was not just me just babbling my tongue. I didn't just, I didn't come up with random syllables or just, I, that, that came out of my spirit. So you have to be aware of, okay, if I'm praying in the spirit, if I'm praying in tongues, okay, if I'm doing that, then I'm letting it come out of here. If you're genuinely spending time with God and spending time in the presence of God and you're trying to, and you're asking God to fill you with the spirit and pray in the spirit, God's not going to give you some other language or you're not going to just, it's not like you can't, you like, it doesn't work that way. If you were to just make syllables and just make random noises or whatever, and bam, bop, boop, bop, beep, now that was my head. Bam, bop, boop, you know, I'm just trying to just make some random stupid noise, okay? When I do that, I feel nothing in my spirit. That's just me making random noises. Sometimes I do that with my kids. I just goof off and just make silly, you know, silly stuff, just do silly dad stuff. 
and there's nothing happening in my spirit when I do that. That's only two parts of me. That's my mind and my flesh functioning. But when you pray in the spirit, your flesh is functioning in the sense that you're making syllables. You're bron de eravikin de eredesa, sultan de eravakin de eredesa. That's my spirit praying. So my mouth is doing it, but it's coming out of here. Amen? It may have taken me 20 minutes to get to here. I'm sorry if it took so long, but this is really helpful. Because some people are confused with how do you pray in the spirit and how do you know if it's me, my flesh, or if it's my spirit doing it? It's because... Think about what he said in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in a tongue, my mind is unfruitful. What does a tree do? A tree produces fruit. Amen? That's what a tree, or a fruit tree at least, that's what it does. That's its, that's its function. So if, if your mind is unfruitful, you kind of have to turn your mind off. I'm not trying to think about what I'm doing. I'm just letting it come out. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. If, you're pray, if you get done praying in English and you're like, Lord, I prayed all I could pray, I want to now pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, simply go, Heavenly Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can pray in tongues. And then let what's in you come out. And you'll do it. You'll do it. it God, you know what the Bible says? He says that He's such a good Father. If you being an evil Father, if your child asks you for a piece of bread, would you give him a scorpion? Would any of us do that to our kids? If my kids ask me for a toy, am I going to hit them upside the head with a brick? No, I'm paraphrasing. That's what the Bible says. If, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, why would you think the gift of the Holy Spirit would be evil? That's literally what he says. He says, if, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then why, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, would he not give it to you? Because God is a good God, and he'll give you the gift. Of, he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit, and he'll help you in every way, shape, or form. He'll help you totally in, like in 100% of your life. You can have help. I'm going to try my best over this season to unpack all the ways the Holy Spirit helps us. But one of the key, key things that I'm probably going to hit more than anything else is how the Holy Spirit helps you through prayer. Because we have to pray. And, and your prayer life will be super limited if, you, if, you, if, if all you do is pray in English. Or maybe if Spanish is your first language, whatever, in your known tongue. If you only pray in your known tongue, you're going to have a minuscule prayer life. But if you pray in the Spirit, what does Romans 8 say? What did we just read? He helps us. He helps us in our weakness. He'll help you pray. Now, one last thought, just to clarify, make sure I'm super clear. If the Holy Spirit, uh, if you pray in tongues, a lot of people ask, okay, well, the Bible says if there's a tongue, there has to be an interpretation. Well, notice what Paul said in, in those scriptures I read. If I pray in a tongue, go read all of 1 Corinthians 14. He talks about two things. He talks about tongues in a service with other people. If I'm giving a tongue in a service with other people, then you have to interpret. Or else there's no point. There's no point. Right? I'm, I, what I was just doing a few minutes ago, I was praying in the Spirit. I wasn't doing that to, 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 to give an interpretation or to, 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 to exhort the people. The Bible says that the interpretation of tongues will be to in, exhort the people. So in 1 Corinthians 12, he lists all nine gifts of the Spirit. Two of those are the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation. 
And the third vocal gift is prophecy. They all work together. But that's for the exhortation of everyone. I'm not talking about that. And in, in the verses I read from 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, he says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, unknown tongue, that's a tongue you do not know. It doesn't mean if you're speaking English, but okay, I'm going to pray in Spanish. No, that's a known tongue. You know it. If I pray in an unknown tongue, a heavenly tongue, a heavenly prayer language, like you just heard me do, it won't sound like me. It's going to sound like your spirit. Your spirit's not my spirit. It's not going to sound, you're not going to make the same syllables I made. It's not going to sound like me. It's a heavenly language. It's not going to sound like any other language you know. You couldn't just come up with your head. It's going to be downloaded in your spirit and it'll come out. You do not feel like, you don't need to feel like you have to interpret that because he says, my mind is unfruitful. It's not, you're, you're, you're praying out the perfect will of God and you're praying out in your heavenly prayer language. It, you don't have to know everything you're praying for. The Bible says to pray for in all types of prayer on all occasions. Let, let it out. Don't bottle the gift inside of you and just make the Holy Spirit this small little aspect of your life. If Jesus went through everything he went through and God ordained all that to give us the Holy Spirit, then why would we limit him? Amen? Amen. All right, I'm way over, but I, I, I felt like right about 7.55, I got somewhere, Brother Mike. I felt like we got somewhere. I felt like we hit it. I'm sorry we didn't get to pray tonight, but that was really, really good teaching. I pray, it, I, I, I believe it did. I'm not even going to say, I was going to say, I pray it blessed you, but I believe it did. It blessed me. Amen? You know, a lot of times, preaching is just, is, is, you might have even known that, but then you hear it a different way, and it, it sparks something in you. Amen? Amen? I'm, I'm going to go pray in the Spirit for a few hours tonight. Amen? I want to pray and dismiss. Stand up for me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the gift of your Spirit. Lord, I thank you that every aspect of my life, Lord, you've given me a way to increase it, to be blessed, including my prayer life. My prayer life can work to the fullest potential because you gave me, gave all of us. These people that are in here tonight, every single person under the sound of my voice, their prayer life will be better because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for increasing them. Anybody who wants to be filled with the Spirit, Lord, I thank you for filling them. Lord, at the point of them asking, Lord, I thank you that they're hungry. I sense a hunger tonight. Lord, I thank you for filling them with your Spirit, with the power and might of your Spirit. Lord, I also thank you that anybody who has been filled with the Spirit, maybe they spoke in tongues years ago and they haven't used it, that after tonight, Lord, I thank you for, for uh, uh, inspiring them to use that gift that heavenly prayer language to increase their prayer life. Lord, I thank you for blessing them. I thank you for increasing their life. I thank you, Lord, that as they leave here, they are blessed, blessed, blessed. From the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, I thank you that everything they do is blessed. Everything they touch is blessed. I thank you that their family is blessed. Their home is blessed. Their job is blessed. Their uh, marriage is blessed. Their children are blessed. Lord, I thank you their car is blessed. I thank you that the, the, the clothes on their back are blessed. They last longer than other clothes. I thank you that their shoes last longer than other shoes. I thank you, Lord, that everything, every aspect of their life, Lord, because they've made you a priority, they come on Wednesday nights. They come to serve you. They serve in the house of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for honoring what they've given to you and in return, blessing them. 
Not just with material things, but also peace. Lord, I thank you for peace in their homes. I thank you for joy. Hallelujah. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Y'all just lift your hands and receive that for a minute. Praying for all the saints, for all the saints, for all the saints, for all the saints. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless them as they go. Watch over them and protect them. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday morning for church. The gift of the Holy Spirit, part two. Coming Sunday morning. Amen.